Welcome to the Minted NFT Show. I'm your host, Victoria Brand, and every week I will be chatting with independent creatives, collectors, and curators in the NFT space, sharing their journey from Web 2 to Web 3. I'll also be sharing my journey from graphic designer to NFT artist. I'm still super new to the NFT space, but as I learn and grow, I'll be spilling it all in this podcast. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Otto Kind, a multidisciplinary artist who's made the leap into creating and selling NFT arts. Otto chats about his tentative first steps in exploring the NFT space and why it gives him the freedom of expression and play that other avenues just don't. Hi, I'm here today with Otto Kind and we are going to be talking about his work, how he entered the NFT space and everything that really kind of comes with being an artist and a very creative and interesting and intriguing artist within the NFT space. So Otto, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a bit about you, um, your background, um, how you started out uh, being creative in art, uh, who you were before this space um, and how you came to be a creative in the first place? Hi, yes, I'm, I'm Otto. Um, I've actually not been in the NFT space that long. Um, up until this point, it's been around four months. So it's been an absolute whirlwind okay. um, and not at all what I expected. It's been a really um, bigger, much broader, more diverse uh, place to exist in and to experience. Um, uh, I think a little bit about me before I joined NFTs, my background is in um, animation and um, film, illustration and graphic design. So that's the world that I essentially left behind in order to pursue this new one. Um, so I was working freelance, I was working in um, children's books, in film and television and um, sort of everything else in between really. So I had I had a big, broad sort of freelance career where everything I did was really for the service of others. So it was it was customized work for other people's needs for, for clients and so on. So coming into the NFT world is the first time really I can think of in my whole career where I've been able to sit down and do the things I've wanted to. Yeah, that's the biggest difference for me is to be able to kind of wake up in the morning and create for the joy of creating my things and not having someone saying to me, yeah, that's fine, but can I have it in green or can I make can you make it three millimeters smaller because it just won't fit properly. Um, mm -hmm. So all those all those familiar freelance headaches that come every day, you know, and I'm sure you're aware of those too. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. The, yes, I mean, it's clients are great and, and obviously they pay the bills <laughs> at certain points in your life. And But to be able to get into something, as you say, that completely allows you to explore your creativity in a way that you want to explore it and not for, like as you say, the service of somebody else is such a great thing. Um, and, you know, Traditionally, it was always like your your traditional artists that would have gallery representation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that that was kind of for the few, the chosen few, really, wasn't it? I, I don't know how you feel about that. I think it was, and 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 I, 
and there were often times along the way where I would participate in exhibitions and you know collaborations and sort of self-initiated projects mm -hmm. but trying to sort of um, break into what we might call the traditional art market was always a very tough thing to do and you really had to know someone who knew someone else who mm -hmm. could do that thing for you who could get you to that place who could scratch that back who could talk to that person and the chain went on and on and on and if you weren't part of that it was very very difficult to maneuver your way into that and find a place for yourself yeah. but with nfts um it's kind of leveled the playing field for everybody so everybody starts at the same position and has the freedom to to grow and climb and explore as they see fit the speed they wish to do so and i think that's the biggest difference for me is that the opportunity to um be inclusive in this big world is 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 new and it's different and um anybody who is sitting on the fence about sort of taking their creative pursuits into nfts i would certainly say give it a try because Yes, I think it really helps to sort of believe in the kind of the technology and the blockchain and everything behind it, because that's what that's what drives the whole movement. But even if you don't know too much about it at this stage and you want to look for other avenues for your work and to, you know, be a bit more diverse in your creations, as you were saying, mm -hmm. the NFT um, space is the perfect place for you to experiment, play make mistakes even, and then try new things along the way. I totally agree with that. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, it is such a great space for artists. And I think, I think slowly but surely more people are starting to kind of open up to the idea. Um, I think a lot of people think there's a massive barrier to entry um when it's when it's getting easier and easier and easier for people to create and um um sell i don't know who it is who's the woman again makes these fantastic cakes and she i mean just from the, the perspective of sculptors bakers you know photographers musicians it's like that fashion fashion's going crazy just now so it's like this whole new world of being able to express yourself express your art and put it out there in front of this new audience and this new new way of doing things yeah totally and you know whether like you said whether you're a photographer artist musician baker whatever you are and whatever background you've had bringing that into nfts allows you to kind of explore a brilliant new world of opportunity and the artist you mentioned i think is rifka's cakes yes it is it beautiful is. um sugar paste animals yes. um, from her bakery and incidentally she's just bought one of my pieces of work so she's just wow. collected one of my <laughs> nfts so i couldn't be more grateful so she's to be in her collection was is is a real honor i think so Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations for that. Yeah, it's really, really nice. It's, um, it's a good feeling. So take us back to the time when you were NFTs got on, were on your radar. So what was it that actually, I mean, how did you decide I'm going to, I'm going to create my first NFT? I was thinking about this the other day and trying to reverse my journey and the steps that led me to where I am now and 
I think I first saw I first I first saw an NFT back in June of 2021, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, ironically, in a printed magazine. <laughs> it was the um it was the cat, you know, with the with the rainbow vomit. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I can't I can't even pronounce the name, but um and I think it was the most famous NFT at the time. And I think it sold for a lot of money and it became almost the masthead for NFTs and everybody talking about them. And I looked at it and I thought, people are paying money for that. <laughs> yeah. And then I looked again, like everybody else, I thought, mm -hmm. what is going on here? There has to be more to this mm. than somebody coughing up a fortune for a digital image. There has to be more behind it. Yeah. So I started researching and started looking at what NFTs actually meant, what they represent, what the what the culture was like and how it differed from other sort of artistic cultures. Yeah. And it opened up a massive can of worms. And from then on in, I was hooked. And I thought to myself, I might be able to join this and and do something interesting within this within this world. So what I did. I, I kind of lurked on Twitter for about three months. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't tweet anything. I didn't join anything. I didn't. Didn't speak to anybody. I just watched. Mm. I watched what was happening, and this was at the time I think of a of a kind of bull run where where everything was going pretty crazy. Mm. People were selling left, right, and centre all over the place, and I was getting really excited. And I was thinking, crikey, yeah, this is this is all right. <laughs> Um, and then it slowed down towards Christmas. It got quieter again. And then after Christmas, I, you know, once all the dust had settled, I thought, yeah, maybe it's time. So I dusted down my old Twitter account, blew off the cobwebs, um, got back onto Twitter because um, I'd heard that that was the place to be mm -hmm. um, and started tweeting and started speaking to people and started doing the thing and uh never look back yeah i mean i think you were you were one of the first people that i kind of came across on twitter um and started following and you've been I, I have to say and i've said this to a lot of people actually that the community even though i've only been in it for a matter of a couple of months has been the best community art community creative community with regards to lifting each other up and being there for each other that I have experienced in my whole creative life really and it's it's quite amazing at this stage I'll say this stage of my my creative career um to have have eventually found this and it actually feels quite like home now I couldn't agree more and and I think what it's done what it's done for me is made me realize just how much I needed this and it's not just the community I wanted it's the one I needed mm. because you know you're working so long by yourself whether you're an artist or a designer or someone in between you spend vast amounts of time by yourself mm. and you make something and all you want to do is turn to your left and say what do you think of that yep and there's no one there so you have to go looking for them. And, and this, this community has been absolutely outstanding. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. And, and, and it's quite overwhelming because I didn't realize when I joined just how community driven 
NFTs actually are. Yeah. It's all about the community. Without without people connecting and staying together, mm-hmm. then then it really isn't anything. It just kind of crumbles apart. So to recognize the community and how people look after each other and support each other is in my mind everything. It's what it's what NFTs are on the ground. You know, forget forget sales for a minute how you develop and grow as a as an artist or a designer working nfts is all about how you connect with others and that to me is the is the leading driving force of nfts and how how the whole thing works and i and i can't get enough of it yeah i know i know i know honestly it just even although in in real life you'll never meet half the people that you're conversing with and that you're there with within the the community it still feels very close-knit and very real and very intimate in a sort of sense you know as well um but the, everybody that i have met absolutely everybody without exception has been amazing and i know that i've reached out to you personally as well for some help and some guidance and you were absolutely amazing as well you know so I mean, it's, it's the time it's the, it's the giving of time as well when time is precious and people are busy but it is that giving of giving time and being there as well for people so i have to say that i'm, I'm with you 100 on that the community aspect is amazing and i'm so lucky i think to have found this and been surrounded with with these people at this point as well i think you know um i know a lot of people are kind of like shrugging at all europe they're always talking about the community but i don't think the people that say things like that haven't really truly experienced the nft community really um so i would definitely kind of say it's one of the the huge points of getting into this space as well um are the people that you'll meet and the the bonds that you'll make and the friendships that you'll make yeah 100 you're absolutely right uh, i've i've met the most astonishing people like you um who have moved me forwards as well as as well as anything else you know and and I can't really, I can't really put my success down to anything other than connecting with others. I really, really can't. And I can't stress the importance of it enough. And I, I'm seeing quite a lot of new artists coming into the space now. And they're struggling to get sales and be visible and be seen. And, and, I, and I just want to reach out to all of them mm-hmm. one by one and say, be patient, give it some time and 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 just find find people who connect with you because once you find that first small group of people and you connect with them and you have an authentic relationship with them they become your advocates for a bigger audience after that and the ripple effect starts to happen until it starts to push out wider and wider and then your 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 connection with your group of people gets bigger and bigger and bigger and they introduce you to other people and likewise. So, so I think I think time is needed, not only given to others, but also give yourself time and allow the the kind of the the machine to kind of start turning, you know, to start yeah. to start doing its thing. And once once it starts happening, it will 
it will really start to bring you sort of amazing experiences. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, oh gosh, it's hard to move on from that now. <laughs> I have to say, it's <laughs> um, quite quite a deep conversation there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. I'd like to, to kind of shift gear a bit and talk about your collections and what you've launched and, you know, um, how many collections have you launched? What were the kind of stories behind them and a wee bit of background about them? Sure. Um, well, today I've launched two collections. So um, my first collection was a photographic collection and it was called Val and it was um, it's a fictional story. So it was really inspired by um, years of sort of traveling around the world with a, a little mechanical camera. So I'd take this camera everywhere I went and I'd always shoot a roll of film and the camera has four lenses. So it shoots, a, it shoots each lens intermittently every second. Okay. So what you end up with is a little sort of sequence of events and I've had these pictures for quite some time and I got them out um, around Christmas time to have another look at them and a story popped into my head of a of a small mechanical damselfly that was created in a laboratory to go and explore the world wow. and um, these photographs then became the sort of catalyst for telling a story of how this character sees the world as she beams these images back to the to the scientist who created her. Um, so that was the loose story. Um, but really behind it, it's essentially about childhood. Okay. Um, and it's really to do with a subject matter that I've been really interested in most of my life about the journey that you take from childhood into adulthood. And the sometimes sort of painful aspect of leaving your childhood self behind mm -hmm. and having to grow up you know it's not something we talk about very much because growing up is obviously seen as as the as the thing you should do and the mature thing to do but the 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 joy of childhood can sometimes be a very difficult thing to leave behind when you know you have to grow up mm -hmm. and you know you have to face the adult world having to put one foot into the adult world while you've got one foot in childhood is a difficult awkward transition sometimes you make as a person mm -hmm. so the collection is really about that it's about it's about coming of age if you like it's about finding your place in the world and having to say goodbye to the old version of yourself um, the second collection is actually still about childhood and but it's from a slightly different perspective it's about exploring memories from childhood that are to do with your imagination that used to have no boundaries. So when you were a child, everything you created were, was as real as the things around you. And this collection is called Weird Kid Wonderland. And it's, it's all about taking ideas and memories from childhood experience, but interpreting them now with a sort of adult frame of mind. So they're inspired by children, but they're created knowing what you know now in the world as an adult. So it's about connecting childhood and adulthood together. And every piece tells a story about a, a character or a family member that inspired me when I was a child. 
Um, okay. So we had various different various different um, experiences th thrown in there. And I had a I had an upbringing where I was partly brought up by my grandmother and my uncle. So I lived in two houses. Right. So I kind of had like two childhoods rolled into one. Okay. And they were very different depending on where I was. Mm -hmm. So so these images borrow heavily from those experiences and um, attempts to try and paint a slightly whimsical world, mm. but at the same time based on real life events. Well, can I just say that both collections are absolutely amazing and I will leave the link to both of them in the show notes. So make sure you definitely go and check them out. I mean, the the photography uh, collection, I, I, I loved the way that it was portrayed. I loved the colours, um, everything about it and, you know, the, the travel aspect. And with you telling that story there, it actually just brings more to your collection as well, hearing that. And your second collection, Weird Kid Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Otto, honestly, it's fantastical. Um, it is the most wonderful piece pieces of artwork, honestly. The, the characters and everything about them, you must, if you have not seen this, you need to go and see this and check Otto's work out because it is just just a feast a feast for the eyes it really is so when and, and when you when you listen to this and then you go and see his work and it just will just bring so much to the table um so it's so wonderful to actually hear you talk about the story behind them as well because i know we get to kind of hear um well here but to read the the tweets on twitter and sometimes a very brief snapshot on a on a twitter space but to actually get this kind of long tail version of it is brilliant and it's it's so good to hear that um and i know that you've been doing really really well you've been very successful um with your collections so i'm i'm congratulations on that um and and it's well deserved really well deserved because the work's amazing it really is so with that and with you having created two collections and in, in quite a relatively short space of time um and have been selling these these pieces or these nfts and these pieces of art you know is there any lessons that you've learned while having created and produced and and launched both of these collections I would say, yeah, quite a few um, from a from a sort of different perspectives, really, sort of from from sort of from an emotional perspective, from a technical one. Um, I think one of the, the the biggest observations that I made about the NFT world was really that there's a lot of focus on trying to sell your work quite naturally. That's why yeah. people can't make money to sell their work. But as artists, we are mo much more multifaceted. So, so there's a lot more we can do to, to kind of open up the story more about our work. And for me, storytelling is hugely important. I've, I've, I've spent my career trying to kind of write the perfect story and use stories in my work. And and I think I think that's for for me. It's about story. It's about it's about actually creating something 
or a sense of otherness in your work that's more than the work. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I always try and imagine it like the rings of Saturn. So if you imagine the rings of Saturn from afar, they're, they're these beautiful rings that sort of encase Saturn. But when you get up close, there are a series of floating rocks. <laughs> and if you try flying through those rocks, you're probably going to damage your ship. Yeah. But you really want to try and get through because the planet looks beautiful. Yeah. And that sense of otherness for me, it's like, um, it's like a ring of mythology that you put around your work that not only entices people, but it also, it also tries, to, tries to get people to want to be part of your work, to want to be part of the world that you're creating. And I think having this otherness about your work kind of really helps to, to sort of communicate the work, but also to kind of bring people in with you. So you're not just an artist shouting on the street corner that your work is the best or the most amazing. You're, you're, you're including people with it. You're, you're giving them an experience and you're, you're saying, hey, you can be part of this. You can, you can be part of this entire world. And, and from that, it, it's led to another kind of lesson that I've learned is in that it's okay to be playful and it's okay to be silly and it's okay to be daft and anarchic and different and weird and an individual and, and to drop your guard a little bit and to be less worried about building your brand <laughs> and just just actually sit back enjoy the process and live out loud I think that's the message really that I that I think I think that's the thing I've learned most of all is you know Twitter is the main sort of space that we mm. use to 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 sort of explore and communicate our ideas and it is essentially a stage and you are on stage and you are curating your best bits for people which is not to say that you're not authentic but it just means that you're shining a spotlight on a particular aspect of what you do so use that stage that's what I'm saying is, is that use the full width of the stage you know play on that stage play to, play to the crowd if you have to um, <laughs> Otto, no. I, I know you're very very good at playing to the crowd <laughs> <laughs> but I but I think it's it's not it doesn't come from a place of um a, a, of not being authentic it comes from a place of enjoyment yes. and finding the joy in the experience and uh, and bringing people along for the ride and, and, and if people don't come along then you're you're just shouting to an empty room so you have to bring people with you and, and, and make them feel part of what you're doing. And, and likewise, you have to go and visit their world and enjoy what they're doing too. So it's, it's, a, it's about reciprocating those things. But, but I, I would say playfulness is really, really important. It's just to let go and just play with what you are and who you are and celebrate yourself and give yourself to others in a meaningful, interesting, funny way if you have to. I, th I think, I mean, it's a very, very good point and I totally agree with you. And But sometimes I think, and I'm just talking about myself and I know with other people, it can be hard. It can be hard to even just be yourself. Um, you know, sometimes you think you know who you are, but then again, and I think sometimes, I mean, you are very, well, I'm going to say lucky in a sense that you know who you are. I think you've got a very good grasp on 
you as auto kind and what you bring to the table and who you are and you're unapologetic and just being yourself um i know that that myself i i find it hard and sometimes i wander through this wilderness of you know um what kind of creative am i what am i doing <laughs> so i haven't quite found myself yet but it will come it will come with time and i know that and again coming back to your point at the beginning it's about patience it's about having patience and just going with the flow it is going is going with the flow and 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 you do make a really really interesting point there that you know it, it takes a long time for you to to know yourself and to also be accepting of yourself mm. and it's taken me a very very long time and when i first joined nfts i don't think i was really in that position i was still awkward and gangly and trying to work <laughs> it out and not really sure where I fit or who I was supposed to be how I was supposed to tweet or even say anything and it wasn't until a little bit of time elapsed to realize that actually I've got it all there I just need to kind of have some confidence in it yeah and just and just let it let it go you know let it let it come out but it does it does take time and it, it, it's not easy for some people um to even know where to start mm. let alone let alone kind of you know be be further down the journey so yeah it, it, it's a i think it's an interesting fluid organic process and, uh, and and i think you have to allow it to kind of evolve and you have to allow yourself to evolve with it yeah and once you get into that flow state of those two things connecting you then start to kind of feel a little bit more relaxed and a bit more um a bit more sort of um understanding of, of where you're going to go next without worrying if you're being fake or inauthentic yeah yeah i know i know it is and i think there's there's i know um there's a lot of people that i do speak to that are kind of still trying to find their way as well you know um and as you said there's a lot of new creators coming into the space everybody's finding their way it is so new as well um you know that's the thing we are still very early to this party if you like to say it that way um and it moves a million miles an hour and trying to keep up sometimes is, is quite a, a task as well um I, I know i try to to find people that uh, is in my wee my wee bubble sometimes on twitter it's like what have they tweeted today what have they launched something is something sold i need to see where they are i need to find that tweet to to congratulate them to be there to 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 support um you know so it, you do miss things um quite a bit but as you say you just need to go with the flow give yourself grace and just um embrace the process that's it embrace the whole process i think it starts at a mindset level as well um you, you know you've got to you've got to almost kind of say to yourself why am i here what am i doing what do i want to achieve from this is yeah. this the thing that I'm going to see myself doing in the long term and if the answer is yes then you can ease your way into it mm -hmm. and there's no rush and there's no there's no there's no pressure then to miss anything because it's always going to be here and it may look different when you come back in a week mm. but it's still going to be here so it, it doesn't it doesn't matter too much you know if you miss a tweet or you miss someone's drop or or someone's done something amazing and you've not been there to give them your congratulations i think i think people are people are forgiving and i think we should be a bit more forgiving of ourselves as well 
yeah because we're going to be here for for a while so we don't we don't want to kind of burn ourselves out too quickly do we no definitely not <laughs> burnout is a real thing <laughs> um but just thinking about that and thinking about when when you did enter the space you know thinking back to that person you were then is, is would you do anything differently or would you just have it play out exactly the way that it played out for you that is a really interesting question because i i did what i thought was the right thing to do which was to watch and wait mm -hmm. and just to look at the the sort of the cultural movements of nfts and who was who was doing what where and how and i tried really hard to educate myself you know with the whole thing and, and just to see who was who was being successful who was doing that um and really this goes back to what you were saying a moment ago where this this whole thing is so new there aren't really any rules mm. um or should i say guidelines mm. to, to what to do in the right correct way so mm. while sometimes i think maybe maybe it might have been better to wait a bit more and to take my time making work other times i think well when is the right time mm. why why wait any longer why not why yeah. not jump in with both feet mm -hmm. make mistakes if you have to because then you're going to learn from them and that's going to be valuable lessons learned um yeah. and i'm sure everybody who jumps into nfts makes a mistake somewhere yeah. down the line either mints a collection too quickly or jumps in somewhere they shouldn't or does something without without really considering how to back it or follow it up with something else yeah i'm sure it's quite common and i think that's part of the process and i think i think we should we should allow that to happen to ourselves because we will become stronger and better as a result of it yeah definitely i mean i think i did exactly the same thing i think it's i don't know maybe maybe i don't know about you but i'm a, I'm a serial researcher <laughs> I'm a serial researcher and a serial lurker, just watching, analysing, you know, <laughs> and then, but then the flip side of that, as you said, is the inaction. It's like, is it better just to just take action sometimes? But then there's, it's, it's weighing it up and it is your, it's, it comes down to your personality as well. But there is a, there comes a point where you can over research and you can over analyse. And then you get paralyzed with with inaction um so yeah i think you know that's the thing it's like would you would, would it have been better for you to have just taken action rather than research well obviously never know but i think you know you took you listen to your gut and i think at the end of the day that's what you've got to do it's just listen to your gut and go with what feels right for you at the time that it feels right you know isn't it you can you can you can wait until perfect mm. or you can start and you can iterate along the way until perfect yeah and yep. i think that this the second option i think gives you bigger rewards mm -hmm. um and it's it's a risky it feels riskier to do and it feels it feels you know it feels like you need more courage to be able to do that to to put yourself on the ledge and say, look, I'm not the finished article, folks, mm. but I'm going to work really hard to try and get there. Yep. Um, but but once you start 
kind of making those improvements and incremental gains, then then you you have given yourself a much more rewarding experience and potentially the people that are with you are getting that experience as well because they're watching you grow and develop and change and make mistakes and experiment along the way. So I I don't see personally uh, a, a problem with that as a public display, really. It just takes a bit of getting used to as a creative person because you're often you're often consumed with the um, the notion of trying to put something perfect into the world, mm. especially if you're a designer, because if it's not perfect, you don't get paid. Exactly. So it's a really hard, <laughs> it's a really hard mental transition to make. Um, one that I struggled with in the first instance, but I'm kind of getting better at now. Yeah, yeah. The curse of a designer, goodness. <laughs> it just, it follows you everywhere, this, doesn't it? Um, so what did your friends and family say when you said you were you were you're creating nfts i mean have you met skepticism have there been people that you've met and went really what what's that oh that's a fad it's a you know it's, it's a scheme have you have you met with any of that i've been met with all of it <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, the, the whole the whole spectrum of um, of, uh, of reactions has kind of happened in the last few months, from family members just scratching their heads in in disbelief, to friends going, "Awesome, what's that?" <laughs> um, and then you're trying to explain to them that you are actually what you're doing is you're you're creating a token of value, but yeah. it's represented by a picture. Yeah, <laughs> or a video, or a or a piece of music, yeah. or a photograph, and and that's the point where people get a little bit glazed in the eyes, and they think, well, why, why, what for, yes. what, what, what's the reason? So then you have to sort of explain, you know, that it's you're creating a currency which is mm-hmm. essentially one day going to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to move into a place one day where all of our nfts fingers crossed as they sell will be traded on a secondary market yeah and then we'll see a new age of nfts kind of happening for those of us that have hopefully been around um long enough so yeah it's been a challenging thing to explain and i sometimes i wake up and i don't really fully understand it myself (laughs) is is the honest truth um it's a it's a kind of a strange thing when you start to kind of deconstruct it yeah like trying to explain it to others who who, have, who are not in the, the the sort of ecosystem at all is a is a is like mental fudge have you have you been trying to have you tried to onboard anybody i have i i i've tried to onboard a couple of illustrator friends and they've sort of um sort of started off well but but then to run out of steam and right. fallen over and gone to bed and <laughs> <laughs> gone to the fridge to get a sandwich, you know. And and it, I, I I would love more of the illustration community to mm. to look at NFTs because it's the graphic design illustration community is a very big one, yep. um, and it's something I was part of for a great many years before I came to NFTs and. And I and I look at some of their work and I just know they would do so well, you know, yeah. creating NFTs. You know, their work is beautiful and 
and innovative and different and interesting, um, but trying to get that message across uh, is still a bit of an uphill struggle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it won't always be like that. Uh, and there is much talk of NFTs becoming mainstream and mm-hmm. becoming an everyday uh, occurrence for, for most of us. And I mean, my honest response to that is we'll see. Yeah. We just don't know, do we? You know, no. we can we can hope and dare to dream, but the, the, the truth is none of us know. None of us know what the future is going to hold. This this might all just disappear in a heap, mm. or it might be the next greatest thing in human evolution. But you've got to be riding the wave to 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 be in with a chance of you know. Absolutely. So you know, with anybody that's sitting on the fence, as you said earlier on, take the plunge. So we were just talking about, um, you know, riding the wave and getting into NFTs and being a creative within the space. But, you know, the other side of that are the people that are buying the artwork and buying the NFTs. So I think we're looking at, at the moment, um, two types two maybe three types of collectors so you've got the collectors that are buying the nft work for the artwork and they want to like in traditional senses where you would buy a piece of artwork you'd want to keep that artwork and you'd want to hope that it would increase in value over the long term so you've got people that are long-term collectors that genuinely are interested in a piece of the artwork itself you've got people that are buying and flipping that um, are again, probably, I'm making very, very broad generalizations here, by the way, um, that are into crypto um, and they're they're flipping these NFTs uh, for a quick short-term gain. And you've also got the, the collectors within the community itself, the artists who are collecting from other artists. And I would, Again, I'm, I'm saying this without anything to back it up, but I would say that the artists that are collecting from other artists are genuinely interested in the art and are not a short-term hold for the art. Would you, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean... I would have to agree um, with that, really. Um, you know, just just speaking from my own experience, you know, when I when I see other artists releasing beautiful artwork, my first response is beautiful artwork. <laughs> I'm not seeing investment. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing something to flip or anything like that. I'm seeing a, a gorgeous piece of work that I would love to have in my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my first response to any artwork that I see and and connect with. Um, and I think going back to what we were talking about, community um, artists buying from artists, I think is a is is a is a fundamental aspect of what's holding the community together mm-hmm. because it makes up for a vast amount of sales um, alongside bigger collectors who are amassing yes. bigger collections of, of artwork. So it really shouldn't be underestimated how important artists collecting from artists mm-hmm. actually are. And I think it's it's one of the most beautiful parts of the whole thing that you can jump online find a piece of work from either a friend that you've got to know somebody that you don't know very well or a complete stranger and magic starts to happen as soon as you buy from an artist you make this amazing connection and then suddenly the ice is broken and you've got 
a new con a new contact a new friend a new a new a new best friend even sometimes um and i've met i've met some really lovely people just through through that process and you know I, I don't have a big collection but the ones i do have they're all from people who i now consider to be friends mm. um which might be something different in the traditional art world mm. where the same principles apply where people are collecting for investment and potentially flipping but artist and collector may never make contact yep. or even meet or or even or even share an exchange at all the, the art may be exchanged, but the human connection often isn't. So NFTs give us that very unique mm. thing that we can talk to the person that's bought our work or even just appreciated it and make a connection. And so I think it's, I think it's valuable and I think it's the most valuable thing. Um, as far as collectors go, um, there are a core team, I think, of collectors that, that sort of move move in like a shoal really kind of like <laughs> looking and and sort of like feeding and grabbing and all of that kind of thing yeah. and they do know each other they're they're their own community I think yeah um, and and I think collectors will come and go into that into that community and keep feeding the feeding the space um and that's another thing entirely and I think it, that again fuels the the community it drives the community it, you know it drives the market um and I think they're all important and none of them should be sort of underestimated or undervalued but collectors are just people like us yeah they're, they're looking to collect for their own reasons so as long as we respect that and and understand that then um then th th i think everything's kind of moving in the right direction yeah definitely i mean i do get a sense that the bigger collectors the ones that have got the the a lot of fluid income to spend on collections do buy into the bigger projects and the kind of the one-of-one -one artists that, that are producing beautiful pieces of artwork and collections are kind of down the, the the chain when it comes to those bigger bigger collectors and i really wish that there would be some enlightenment there as well with with the bigger collectors that they would start to really look at the, the, the smaller, when you say smaller artists that are producing the collections and really get behind some of those artists instead of just constantly feeding the big projects and the, the, the PFP projects um, that are that have got a, what was supposedly a ton of utility behind them. Um, because I think, but I do think that, that, that this one of one art will, will increase the space will increase in the visibility of it will increase and i think it's just going to take time for that to trickle through to to those um to those collectors as well i think it will um and i and i think this is a this is a discussion i've heard many many times about the the appreciation of one of one art against pfp projects mm. and uh, lots of people have differing opinions on it and and i think for me the, the, the bigger collectors who are putting a lot of money into PFP projects are, they're flipping them to make money, mm. which is being spent on art. So, so we need it. You know, the, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Those two different ends of the NFT spectrum mm -hmm. are supporting each other 
down the down the line in some shape or form. Having said that, I, I think I, I heard a statistic yesterday that uh, one of one art makes up only six percent of NFT really? sales, which yeah. is tiny. Yeah. That is tiny. I think it was six percent. I'm sure it was six percent, which is when you think of it, it's, it's nothing at all. Mm -hmm. um, given the you know the large volume of sales that are being made every day like you said with projects and whatever you um, so let's hope that increases let's let's hope the sort of the value and appreciation of 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 art and 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 what we're creating is is seen as an important kind of part of mm -hmm. the whole thing going forward I'm sure it will be uh, I, I think it comes down to time again that yeah the right people need to see the right things at the right time and then we're off you know yeah. things start to grow but until then we have to kind of just do what we can and what we have and yeah hustle to what to to, to you know. always hustling always hustling <laughs> but so i'm just going to start to kind of um kind of wrap this up you've been amazing Otto. the gems the nuggets the wisdom that you have given in this podcast has been amazing honestly you're just you're just so free with your knowledge and your time for taking your time out to to do this podcast what i want to know is what is next for auto kind in the nft world wow um... <laughs> Well, first of all, thank, thank you for having me on the podcast. It has been a genuine pleasure. And it's been really nice, actually, just to talk about this stuff because we just don't get a chance. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for you inviting me on. Um, what's next? Um, I, I do have some new collections up my sleeve. Um, I, can, uh, I can give you a sneak preview of, mm. of one collection, which I'm... Um, planning to drop fairly soon and that's a collection called the ghosts of avalon and this project is about um friends that you've left behind in childhood so the people that matter to you most are often frozen in your mind mm. at the point you leave them in your life so i had lots of friends when i was a child like we all do but I didn't watch them grow up. Mm. We moved on. We moved our separate ways. So I will be creating monuments to the people that I used to love every day and play with as I remember them, wow. not as they are now. So so that's the that's the next collection. And I think you know, a slightly bigger answer to that of what I'm doing next is to it's just to keep going, I think. It's just to kind of keep building and keep growing and, and, and above all, learning. Uh, learning about NFTs and what's happening next and what the next innovation is going to be and connecting with more people and, and just building on, on all the things that I've learned in a crazy short amount of time. Um, yeah, I think that's just my, my plan really is to, is to do that. Well, I'm super excited to see this new drop, Otto, I have to say. You know, I'm I'm waiting for the books. I am totally waiting for the books that will accompany these NFT artworks, seriously. Um, because I think that would be amazing as well. Not to put any pressure on you, but 
I definitely think that that with your storytelling and your art, oh gosh, it would be amazing. And I'm so I'm super excited to see what what you're what you're going to drop next. It's going to be it's going to be really crazy interesting. As I said, I will drop the uh, links to Otto's collection in the show notes. Go and make sure you check them out. And thank you so much, Otto, for taking the time to meet with me. I've had such a great conversation with you. Um, and I will be seeing you on Twitter very, very soon. <laughs> well, indeed. It's been an absolute pleasure, Victoria. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, thank you, Otto. This podcast is sponsored by my Create and Sell Your First NFT in Five Days workshop. If you're a creative and want to know the steps to creating your first one-of-one one NFT, then this is the course for you. I will guide you step-by-step step on how to take an existing creative piece and transform it into an NFT, made especially for creatives who would like to leverage this new market but don't know how. On top of that, you'll also get information on navigating the NFT community, marketing yourself and your work, and making connections that will help you on your journey. You can go to victoriabrand.co and click the link on the homepage to sign up. I'm super excited to work with you and see your amazing creations launched as NFTs. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening so you don't miss the incredible episodes we have coming up. And if you have any questions about NFTs, for example, becoming a creator or how to get into collecting NFTs, send me an email, hello at victoriabrand.co and I will answer them in the podcast. And if you know someone who would appreciate this podcast, click the share button and let them know about it. Sending energetic and creative vibes to you. Have a great week. Just one last thing before you go. I'd like to remind you nothing on the show is financial or investment advice and if you're thinking about investing into the NFT space to do your research and seek independent financial advice. See you next time.